You're listening to the Ask Drone You podcast. You ask, we answer your drone questions. Whether you're here to turn your passion into profit or you simply fly for fun, we're a community of learners and teachers who aspire to achieve greatness. We are Drone You. Hey, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Ask Drone You. My name is Paul. My name is Rob. Very excited to be here with you, uh, more than you know. Anyways, Definitely. welcome to the show. Really, really appreciate you guys. Excited about 2022 still. Me too. Me too. Excited, very much so excited about 2022. Uh, um, got a lot of new classes that are already in the works. Uh, props program is on fire right now. Uh, for those of you who don't know, our props program is that chronological uh, sequence training that includes true means of testing someone's currency and proficiency, really built for teams to make managing uh, educational programs uh, for drone stuff easy and convenient. That said, today our question is all about considering the numerous liabilities of being a drone pilot and how to uh, eliminate those liabilities contractually. Uh, now that said, I'm going to preface this show like I preface many shows and just kind of really, really focus and hone in on, you know, the, the habits and the routines and the systems that we teach in Flight Mastery. I genuinely and truly believe should eliminate nine out of 10 potential problems for you, especially if you're following the rules of takeoff and landing that will really, really help you. You conduct that battery test, the control sweep, et cetera. Uh, that's so crucial for all of you, but things can still happen. Um, and in fact, we've got some good examples that have happened to our instructors and some of our pilots to help you understand how you can protect yourself in some of these circumstances. So today's show is really going to be focused on contractual liabilities. Uh, you know, we have had contracts for membership in the past. We've been working on a new one, but uh, I think to sponsor today's show, we are going to, and I'm unilaterally making a decision live here and haven't discussed it with Rob, uh, but we, <laughs> uh, I want to give this free sponsorship to Jonathan Rupret of Rupret Law down in Florida. Uh, John is the one, he's the one aviation lawyer who's been in the game for a very long time, uh, especially when it comes to drones. Uh, his moral and ethical uh, business, his business ethics are, are really they're amazing, frankly. Um, and he's also working on the federal case against remote ID. But if you're looking for aviation-based uh, attorney help or you're looking for an aviation-based lawyer who has experience in drone stuff, you should check out Jonathan Rupert. He does not know that he is sponsoring this segment right now. We just gave it to him. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Happy New Year. Um, but when it comes to contractual law stuff, he's done so much for the community. He's done so much for Drone U. Uh, hopefully this plug helps you, buddy. And uh, if you do need legal help, I really, really recommend Jonathan Rupert. So check him out. Hi, Paul and Rob. My name is Isaac. I'm 16. Me and my parents are in the middle of establishing a drone media production company in California focused on real estate and construction. We're all 107 certified. I'm currently flying the Mini 2 while my parents fly the Mavic 2 Pro, but I'm also saving for the P4 Pro. Paul, I know you say <laughs> I know you say you don't play lawyer, but today I'm going to have to ask you to. I was wondering what would be some good things to add into a contract for liability issues? Like you're following the rules, the drone is in prime condition, you're being safe, 
but something still goes wrong, whether the cause was the client's fault, an act of nature, or some other freak event. That's my question. I really enjoyed the podcast. It's helped me get through some long days at work. Keep it up. <laughs> Thanks so much, Isaac. Uh, you sound like a very uh, put together 16 year old. Love, uh, love seeing it. it. Gives us hope for the future <laughs> to get a question from um, a young man like yourself. And it's a great question. Well, yeah. And also, I hear the nerves in his voice, and it's very good for you to practice being vulnerable. It's very good for you yeah. uh, to practice things that make you uncomfortable because it will make you a better entrepreneur and it will make you a better negotiator. So, well done. Absolutely. On that point, for all of you out there that have been a little bit too shy or scared to call in with your question, come on. Yeah, come on. <laughs> At this point. <laughs> come on. Let's get, get her in. in. Get her in. We'd love to hear from everybody. AskDroneU.com. Um, you know what? For the mean people, I feel bad for you guys. Uh, something's obviously going on. And I uh, <laughs> hope it gets better for you. So uh, that said, um, liabilities with contracts. I feel like there are a couple of key elements I just want to hit on a macro level, and then we'll get into details. Uh, but one of the biggest liabilities I think is over uh, overlooked, maybe is the best way to put it, is the liability actually on your client for um, photo and video uh, copyright and uh, licensing as a whole. Glo um you know, online licenses versus ex exclusivity licenses and et cetera. Um, you know, one of the common errors that I see all the time is pilots are so excited to get, to get like a construction job and then they, you know, give a license to the general contractor who then provides that images to their subs and whatnot. Uh, you've got to make it really clear that they can't do that. And you also have to clarify what the consequences are in doing that. Mm -hmm. um, and if you'll remember, we did talk about an autonomous engine for uh, checking copyright violations, which is Pixie. Com. So this way you can autonomously enforce the uh, the con the licensing agreements that you set up in your contracts. Uh, I've had to use it myself. Uh, Jason, our uh, tech guy, I call him. Mm -hmm. He has made five figures in the last six months off of that thing. And yeah, people steal his images all the time. So uh, it's it's a phenomenal tool, uh, and I would check it out. Also, set up a multi-client discount for licensing. That if the G like, let's say the GC wants to give the photos to a sub, and incentivize them to do it, give them a discount and offer a discounted rate to their subs, and then now you're selling your data multiple times over. Yes, it's for a cheaper amount, but at least you're getting more money for it. So. Absolutely. I think that's that's the big number one. Uh, number two, as far as liabilities are concerned, we've got a great story on this. I'm not going to name the pilot, though, for confidentiality reasons. Um, but one of the biggest liabilities that you need to clarify in your contracts is radio interference liabilities, meaning that if, again, let's say that you are flying an event and it's a live event. I would stipulate in your contract that if any type of wireless routers are used or wireless systems to broadcast live feeds, I would clarify that um, if those systems are used and the drone runs 
comes into interference at all, that it is not your fault. It is actually the fault of your client for not uh, doing their due diligence and communicating to everyone who is there when they can and when they cannot use their live streaming equipment to essentially oversaturate various radio channels that you're using to control the bird and also uh, get that video downlink. Yeah. I, I, what that makes me think of is to sort of back up a little bit and think more broadly in terms of your agreements and say, so think through this is the environment that I need to operate in this, uh, in this job effectively, safely, mm-hmm. successfully. Don't mess with that. Yeah. Set up that environment. Yeah. 100%. Whatever that looks like. A hundred percent. And I mean, you know, there's a great story for this. We had an instructor who was flying a very large golf tournament who actually had a crash uh, and the golf course wanted to charge our instructor with damages to the greens because of the drone crashing. I'm pretty severe crash. Um, And big uh, drone, big, big, big drone. Yeah, big drone. And honestly, they wanted to go after him. And they wanted money from him, uh, but because he had thought this through, he had communicated it actually prior to them flying, that golf course ended up paying him. Mm -hmm. Uh, They ended up paying him for the loss of the drone because they were able to prove that, hey, during this period of time, uh, there was some sort of Wi-Fi transmitter or uh, live streaming transmitter that was turned on, oversaturating the channels. And that's what led to the crash. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, that is kind of a is a rarity, but it's important, just like Rob said. It happened. Think about the, the prime operating environment and to kind of, you know, piggyback on that, Rob, I think it's important. Important, you know, none of us want to think of like what if happens. And we always train pilots that when you're flying, you do not think of what if, because as soon as you think about what if, then you're distracted from piloting and what if happens. But before you fly, you should be thinking about all the what ifs. What could go wrong? Radio interference could go wrong. What could go wrong? Uh, operating temperatures. Let's say you're flying some snowboarding event and temperatures go down below 20 degrees, and now you're only getting four to five minutes of flight time, you want to make sure that in your contract, it says, you know, due to environmental pressures, the expectations of flight times can go down. um, And that is, you know, subsequent to the operating environment, you may have a system to warm up your batteries, be constantly cycling your batteries. But I mean, I just flew the other night, and it was seven degrees on an Inspire 2. And I got about four and a half minutes of flight time. Wow gives you an idea of how operating environment changes the the game, right? Yeah, no kidding. You know, something else that comes to mind is it isn't just about crashes per se or the drone going down, but it has something to think about is how is your ability to fulfill the deliverable impacted by outside influences such as you can't fly over people. I guess you can get a waiver for it now, but... Mm-hmm. You can't fly over people, and so if you're at a particular place, they somehow allow people on, you have to stop flying, and then they want to get mad at you for not completing the job, 
that's liability in some sense. It is. So you really got to think through all those sorts of scenarios. And also, what are you doing to, you know, um, in remote, the not remote idea, in part 107 rules, one of the additions was like, you have to ensure in pre-flight that you clear the area of takeoff and landing and have some sort of plan to inhibit bystanders from walking into that area. And as we know from our handy dandy trusty firefighters, you can even have cones up and caution tape and whatnot, and people walk right through it. Um, so, you know, what steps are your clients taking to inhibit traffic into those areas? That's another thing to think about, you know, just again, piggybacking off what you're saying. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Just making sure that, because in a sense that could be considered a liability on your part because you didn't complete the job. Well, there's a reason that you didn't. And so you want to make sure that you've thought about that and put it in writing. A hundred percent. All those sorts of things. And then we like a word called indemnify. So yeah, hold harmless. As many uh, hold harmless and indemnification um, clauses as you can get in there, I suppose. I'm sure I'm saying something out of turn there, but in general, making sure that, uh, gosh, if you can think about it, Put it in there, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, really, I think you gotta, what you gotta do is, what is every potential thing that can go wrong? Okay, Wi Fi interference, that can go wrong. A bunch of new structures being utilized for, um, being utilized for some sort of decor that might have a lot of magnetic interference, how would that affect your operation? It, w- it would not be good. You know, if you see your drone toilet bowling and you just did a compass cows, clearly something is still wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you see your horizons not level, well, your IMU is, is, hasn't calibrated properly. There are ways to see the symptoms of the catastrophic errors before they do occur. Um, and you know what? I just thought of another story uh, that's analogous to all this. This July, I was asked to fly a art exhibit down in uh, Belen, New Mexico. And the funny thing is that art exhibit was on CBS Sunday morning this this Sunday. And the art exhibit was actually a literal smoke show. No, not like the term often used in slang for things I'm not going to discuss. But uh Uh, It was a literal, like, it was five or 600 uh, smoke tubes set up to create a certain level of smoke to create some sort of visualization. They asked me to fly that, uh, and I had accepted at certain altitudes to fly it, uh, and also had, I had raised my rate significantly to cover the potential of anything happening. Well, they decided not to hire us uh, as drone pilots. And when I watched the footage this weekend, they didn't have any aerial stuff Hmm. whatsoever of that demonstration. And I'm really glad there wasn't because when I looked at all the footage they had, there were people everywhere, Hmm. completely surrounding the thing. There's really no place, safe place to fly. Hmm. The wind was blowing, so the smoke would have gotten in the bird. You know, there are so many things that can go wrong. Think of, you know, if you're flying infrastructure and you're flying smokestacks, you're flying wind wind turbines. Are the wind turbines turned off and set to a a set perspective so that they're not going to move on you as they fly? If you're flying, you know, power plants, for example, or something that has a smokestack, well, you need to be familiar with how air comes out of those smokestacks and can inhibit your ability to fly because think of it, it's essentially like a thermal for a helicopter. Um, So these are things that you've got to think about. You've got to think about everything that could go wrong. And I think you need to make it clear that while you are ultimately responsible as a drone pilot, you do need supplemental assistance to ensure a safe operating environment and then laying out what that looks like. 100%. Another thing to think about is if you're flying events and they are planning to have attendees, 
are the, will those attendees be limited in where they can walk? Because if it's a free flowing environment, it really inhibits your ability to do too much, you know, cause again, you can't fly over people. So, um, what about, I'm just trying to think through other potential quote unquote liability issues and maybe using the term liability broadly, but let's say you're flying something and you're getting footage of some sort, be it images, be it video, and the cards get corrupted somehow. You lose everything. Mm-hmm. Can you put something in the agreement that says if that happens, really sorry, but we're not going to be held liable? Uh, yes. In fact, that happened to me. If you remember with uh, Austin Keen, I lost that card. Um, of course, that was kind of amongst friends, right? That wasn't as formal? It was. They still paid me because I had essentially downloaded proxy clips of it that they were still able to use. Mm. But that's a very, very good example of like what happens if a SD card gets corrupted or an SSD gets corrupted or, uh, you know, something happened to inhibit transmission. This is why redundancy is so, mm-hmm. so critical uh, and important. And uh, I've, I've seen this happen with other TV productions, too, because you watch drone footage and you can tell it's the proxy media, a.k.a. the footage that comes down from the drone on your phone, tablet, crystal sky, whatever. And it's recorded there, but it's based off of the transmission quality. So you can clearly see it pixelate in weird points. And I'm like, come on, Discovery Channel. Like, really? But they probably lost a card. Somebody so. had a corrupted card. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> I mean, Austin Keen, uh, even during Worlds, I think it was 2016 in Worlds, we made a song on the ukulele called My SD Card Got Corrupted. <laughs> so... <laughs> Was that a sitting in the bedroom or whatever? Yes, yeah, yeah, that. yeah. I remember that. <laughs> so uh, uh, it can man happen. Many talents, I suppose. <laughs> it can happen, and uh, as far as liabilities are concerned, I mean, I think it should just be clear that you should set the expectation of what you expect from the client to keep a clean uh, and effective operating environment, and also showcase what you are doing as well. So I think that that's really important. Yeah, again, uh, this is actually kind of a fun exercise to think through. Um, I would imagine that listeners have some some good ideas as to what uh, should be considered. But, you know, I also think about if you're doing something where people have actionable data that you're giving them via your deliverables, that you're not held liable for any decisions that are made based on that data, based on those deliverables, whatever the case may be. Maybe Maybe it's a map of some sort. Um, Mm, That's a very good point, too. And also clarifying, you know, if you're doing certain mapping protocols and they're not georeferenced, that it's not technically a map per se, and that legal decisions can't be made or interpreted off of that, et cetera, and limit your liability from being uh, purported as, you know, drone pilots are uh, facing certain... um, departments of surveying that are saying, hey, you're doing surveying. And they're like, not technically speaking, you know, and those laws were written a very long time ago and they're all encompassing. I mean, in some states, Mm -hmm. the law even says anyone stitching images is technically surveying. Well, if that's true, then everyone with an iPhone making a panorama photo is breaking surveying law. (laughs) And we know that that's ridiculous and not the case because it's not a survey. So um, that said, I think that's an incredibly important thing as well. I think it's even important to clarify in your contracts what level of insurance is included and even, you know, do you have additional insured? Who is that party, et cetera? I think that's going to be really crucial. Yeah. Um, and another thing to consider too, and, you know, I want to have Jim on the show. I just texted him 
Jim. Jim Miller from HBO. Um, and, uh, you know, Jim made a really good point after listening to one of our shows. He's like, I think we need to talk about the additional insurance that drone pilots need. It's not just aviation insurance. You got to have a GL policy. And a lot of drone pilots that I know have never even considered a GL. A GL stands for general liability. Um, and I think it's really important to consider a GL policy as well uh, to also include things like uh, theft. You know, people may steal stuff uh, from you. It's happened to drone you literally Christmas morning. Yep, you heard it here. Christmas morning, we got robbed. Um, and I think all of you know, if you're in a city environment, it doesn't even matter what kind of city, red or blue, crime is through the roof right now. Mm -hmm. And uh, you got to be thinking about these things. So hopefully we can get Jim on the show and kind of talk about uh, the importance of GL and what type of GL policies uh, to carry. But, you know, we love Skywatch. We use Skywatch still. Um, you know, you can still earn educational rates through Skywatch if you come to a flight mastery class here at Drone U. But while that covers a vast majority of your flight operations, there are things outside of the flying environment, just like what Rob alluded to, uh, that may not be covered under that policy and you will need coverage for. Yeah, so. yeah. Over the years, I've learned the hard way that it pays to review your policy and make sure you understand what's in it because... There's a part of me that thinks they don't really care um, whether you understand it or not. And I say that because, as you all probably know, those documents for your insurance are vast, <laughs> they are thick, and they use a ton of terminology that who the heck knows what it means, right? It's like its own lingo. Literally. Yeah. And so you, it would behoove you because I know what happens with insurance and we're all guilty of this. It's a necessary evil and we all try to just push through it and get it done. We want a good price. We think we're covered. We're paying for it. We're good. Well, you might not be. True. You might not be. And so you, and a good agent will not have any problem spending some extra time with you to make sure you understand uh, what's in your policy. Yeah, run through the fine print. And if they're not cool with it, ditch them. Heck yeah. Ditch in a them. heartbeat. Literally. It's in a heartbeat. Not hard. So um, I think we could sit here probably, probably all uh, morning long. <laughs> probably, it's kind of fun. Uh, talking about what could go wrong. Yeah. And we've got a lot of good stories uh, regarding that. But I think it's a good exercise for you to think about everything that could go wrong and then have some sort of plan for that. Uh, it's absolutely critical and crucial. Um, you know, even certain things like if there's regulation change last minute or uh, one thing I would clarify too, maybe in your policy is like, who is the actual controlling authority of the airspace? Because oftentimes you can run into, I mean, even think about our HOA, our HOA here at Drone U tried telling us we couldn't shut down the parking lot to create a safe flying environment because they control the air. And as Rob knows, I had a very fun time educating this, uh, this, this person. Don't mess with our air. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> our uh, sky. <laughs> I love laying down some BDE. I'm just saying so. Uh, um, but that said, I mean, it's important that everyone is fundamentally aware of the legal structure, right? Because states and municipalities and counties might be able to inhibit takeoff and landing in certain areas. They do not control the airspace. So I would make that clear because sometimes you will get clients who are afraid of repercussions and not 
fully aware of the actual legal structure. Um, and so I think that that could be it too. But Rob, that's all I got. And I keep sitting here trying to think of more and more things that could go wrong. Flying a top golf and someone hits you with a golf ball. Like, I don't know. So yeah well i think of kevin right right so, anyway uh yeah uh anyways or ooh 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 other kevin uh, kevin and vanessa someone comes out nope. during your training and uh threatens you with a high caliber rifle that happened uh and you know if anyone knows me i'm kind of like the person where i want to educate that person and say hold on there's like nothing to worry about here this is our job blah 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 but that guy didn't even give us 10 seconds to say anything and because we had students i was like well we're gonna pause we're gonna reach out to the landowner have them call his neighbor make sure that he knows what's going on and sure enough the guy with the rifle had had some sort of drones documenting his property because of a legal matter he was in he was in a conflict with the con, uh, um, contractor or mm -hmm, something along yeah. those lines right yeah yeah and so he i mean he had drones flying really low again uh i mean i i'll get I'll, empathetically i'm like okay i can understand why the guy was was pissed but even though you're angry and emotional, again, you can't let emotions rule your life. Seek Be to understand yeah, first. Because again, if he would have just asked us questions and had would have been smart, he would have realized, one, no one was flying over his house. Two, camera wasn't ever pointed at it. Three, uh, we were there with a big team. We had all the right stuff in place, et cetera. And, uh, you know, it's just one of those things. You, you have to be good at conflict management. Yeah, you weren't exactly uh, clandestine out there. Not at all. No. <laughs> Anyways, is, it's, that, it's a great example of how you run into all sorts of people uh -huh, out there. Which is also a perfect example of why I do run clandestinely so much. Yeah, so yeah, perhaps. Can't perhaps. allow the opportunity. So True. anyway, but I think that's going to do it for our show. If you have any suggestions or comments on this show, we would love to hear it. And thank you again for joining us. If you are not a DroneU member, you can continue this chat in the community by downloading the app if you are a member. It's DroneU community found in the Apple Store and Google Play. But that's going to do it for us today. My name is Paul. I'm Rob. This is Ask DroneU. We believe that videos, images, words, and sounds have the absolute power to inform, inspire, and entertain. We reject indecision, confusion, and vanity for they work against the community. We are united under the virtues of safety and knowledge. We are a training community of learners and teachers who encourage and energize each other to achieve greatness. We are pilots, videographers, photographers, freelancers, business owners, enthusiasts, experts, and apprentices. We are creators. We are the Drone Youth.